0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films, every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A suitable girl follows three young women in India struggling to maintain their identities and follow their dreams and in. Amid intense pressure to get married, documenting the arranged marriage and matchmaking process in verite over a four-year period, the film examines the women's complex relationships with family, with marriage, and with culture. And the film is called A Suitable Girl, and we are joined today by the co-directors of the film, and that would be Sarita Karana and uh, Zmitri uh, Mundra. uh, uh, Welcome to Film School.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
0: yeah. All right. Well, um obviously this film was uh, dependent upon some a remarkable level of uh confidence from your subjects. Uh the uh, level of intimacy is remarkable in the film. Tell me a little bit uh Sarita, I'll start with you just to how you came to know these these subjects and um the process of becoming uh a part of their lives.
1: Sure. Um So with all uh, three of them, we met them in very different ways. Um, We, you know, just let me say prior to that, we did interview like 50, 75 young people about their views of marriage and dating and sort of where they were at. And we came to see three characters in a few different ways. Um, With Ritu, we actually met her mom first, Seema, who's the matchmaker in the film, And she was known to my co-director's extended family in Mama for her community. So, you know, Seema's a very compelling character and has, you know, quite a personality of her own. And then when we came to know that she had a daughter who was in her 20s and she was also looking to get married, that was very compelling for us and sort of a natural fit for our film. And then... um, Deepti, who's also based in Mumbai, uh, we also met through a matchmaker. The guy who you see in the film who's organized one of the matchmaking events called the Swayambar, uh, where there's can, you know, three women candidates and then a bunch of grooms to show up. We met Yipti, um through that event and through that matchmaker. And you know, she and her family were just so open that we just took it step by step and um, got to know them a whole lot better. Amritha we met, uh, we were shooting some B-roll at a wedding in Delhi, and her cousin came up to us and said, hey, what are you doing? And we told her the concept for a film, and she said, well, you have to meet my cousin. She's about to do the craziest thing in your life. So each of these uh, young women we felt like represented in some ways, uh, the urban middle class, which we were really interested in, as well as...
0: ready um tell us a little bit about the industry for people who aren't familiar with the sort of culture of of India and for for me who thinks he knows a little bit about Indian culture this is a very interesting kind of window into that culture in that this is the the film is about the women it's about a lot of different things but it's also about this sort of industrial version of Matchmaking—it's—it's uh, it's very much part of the culture, but it, there seems to be an awful lot of other jobs related to how people get together in in India. Tell me—is am I mischaracterizing that, or is that—is that a fair way to put it?
2: Yeah, no, you nailed it. I mean, it's. Sorry, I joke, and we call it the marriage industrial complex um, in India, and it's like a really—it's not even accurate to call it you know, a cottage industry because it's, like, actually a really big business. And, you know, our film kind of gets into that a little bit, but it's it's expansive. Um, there's the professional matchmakers. Um, there's people who kind of do it, you know, uh, as sort of one-man one band type thing, like SEMA does, um, but there's also, like, gigantic marriage bureaus um, that uh, are, like, you know, you know they almost like function like call centers where they have like, you know, dozens of people, you know, if not hundreds of people working, kind of processing biodatas, which are kind of the marital resumes and matching people, you know, according to different communities and things like that. Um, there are a whole uh, range of astrologers to consult on horoscopes, which is still, you know, uh, something that a lot of a lot of people believe in um, and do as a first step. You know, after you match with somebody, you guys do like a horoscope matching to see if your stars align, literally. There are even these matrimonial detectives where there's these, these sort of private investigators who will sort of suss out a potential mate situation for you, and they'll sometimes pose as domestic workers or, you know, guards you know, for apartments like, uh, you know, dorms or apartment buildings and things like that to kind of see who's coming in and out and the person has like a, a boyfriend or girlfriend on the side or, you know, just what their lifestyle is. So there's a lot, there's a lot, and that, that's not even taking into account the, the wedding industry, the, the wedding planners and the whole, uh, you know, wedding industry, which is massive yeah. in India. So, you know, combined, it's like billions of dollars going into uh, making sure these young people Get, uh get married and um, right. and do so with the sort of involvement of their families and of society and, and uh, you know, things like
0: that. Yeah, and, and we'll get to the cultural side of it because, I mean, in addition to what you described, there is the cultural side, but the, there's a, another part of this which, which I, I found interesting is here in america we have match.com we have all kinds of different ways to get together but the kind of overt nature of the way that it happens in in india where you put in an ad in a pa- in the newspaper it Here's just advertising. Hey, I want to get married, <laughs> and and then that's part of it. You know what I mean? I de- that. That's an unusual mm-hmm. sort of front loading of the system in the sense that uh, going into it, if you're going to be going out with someone, this is the expectation before, almost before anything else is decided. Which you know, it's very, yeah. v- very interesting. But not it
2: refreshing? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, Go ahead.
2: There's positives and, and negatives, right? Like I, I think in India. You like you said, things are just very sort of on the table, like the the cultural norms and and sort of the path that a lot of people who utilize these tools, their goal is to get married, um, and their family's goal is to get them married. So there's no really there's no dancing around or being coy around that end game. So everything is being done with an eye towards is this person marriage material? Is this person somebody I'm going to marry? Now that's not to say I think one of the common misconceptions is that with arranged marriage and one that we really tried to sort of show or dispel with our film is that arranged marriage is just your parents choose a bride or a groom for you and then that's it like the next time you see that person is on your wedding day parents you know the the, the objective is overt and families are very heavily involved more so than in the west yeah um but for the most part especially in the segment of society um that we've examined in this film you know the urban middle class the the young person you know who's future is in the balance they still have veto power they still have the strongest voice in in who they marry sometimes you get to the engagement quickly so you you know you meet a lot of people for the purpose of marriage and you you meet you find somebody that clicks on a number of uh, levels and then you get engaged probably much more quickly than you would in the U.S. but then you might have like a long period of you know they call it a courtship period in India so that's really when you date right that's like when you you know, are kind of sanctioned to to sort of spend time with that person go out alone and go on dates and get to know them and, you know, do all of that. And that period could last a year, up to a year, I would say is pretty common. You know, beyond that is is less common, but it's possible. It's not like there's no getting to know anyone, you know, before you say the say the vows and, and get married. It's just sort of done, like you said, front loaded with this is the expectation, I'm not gonna waste my time on you unless I know that you know this is leading towards marriage, mm. um, and then you know you take the time to get to know
0: each other. Right, but there's the, the, yeah, and but the interesting component, and this is kind of the cultural side of it, is th- what is taken out of the equation in in a lot of ways. Maybe not entirely, but certainly in a lot of ways, is the women in the film seem to have very. They don't. They're not able to explore possibilities it, it these are sort of things that i assume i'm assuming from the film and what i saw that let's say th- this arrangement is made and and eventually you balk at the idea of getting married to this person then there's this sort of there's sort of a the onus is on this woman to say no without having the option to know what's available to her uh and, and mm. is that and so we're talking it feels like a very sort of sexist sort of perspective on, at least from the family's point of view, I don't, isn't that a, sort of the undercurrent of all, a lot of this? At least from a Western perspective, let's put it that way.
2: I mean, I I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'll let you
1: no. take that one. Yeah, so I would say, you know, the institution of marriage is definitely inherently patriarchal. There, But it's not to say, and, and there's the, the most, You know, the women are the ones in the situation who usually give up the most to have to adapt to a new family, Most cities, um, may have to give up their careers. We're sort of, you know, marrying into a family whose norms and conventions they have to take on. Um, But that's not just. And so, there is a lot of. thought might fit with her and of course with her family's approval ends up choosing this guy and he chooses her and that ends up working out so uh, you know I wouldn't say I would say there's a spectrum of choice that these young women have but it's not like first, the first one up is the one they have to take and that may be changed since what you know happened back in the day mm. um, the institution has become a little bit more flexible and sort of more opportunity there to consider who you want Mm -hmm. to marry. Without a doubt, as you were saying, like this thing is front-loaded. So from the very beginning, you're trying to match according to all these norms, whether it's social status, age, education level, religion, sort of those things get front-loaded and you want to match according to the status of the family and the young person, but within that, I would say there's
0: some choice for sure. When you come from this perspective of you know growing up in America and dating it, and all of the different sort of permutations that that can uh, manifest itself, uh, yeah, that was that's sort of coming from the perspective. And if and if as you're describing it, that it's true that they they have control to the extent that they 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 can exert it over this process. Uh, but it ter- certainly feels like there is an it, there is a cultural expectation involved here, which I, I think that that's... Or, Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yes.
1: There's definitely a strong cultural expectation that they get married. And, you know, honestly, that's one of the things that we're looking at. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much harder to not be married in the society, right? It's much harder to remain single and sort of have a social life why? if you don't get married,
2: it's very much expected. Right, right. And it's interesting, you know, when you think about choice, I think, you know, you're right to an extent that the sort of uh, limitations are a little bit more kind of clear and on the table uh, when it in this system, in the Indian system. Choice is like, come on, like how much, you know, we're all sort of, even if we're kind of doing this for ourselves, you know, I was born and raised, I was raised, like, in the United States, and, you know, we dated, and we did this, we did that, we kind of grew up more, you know, aligned with that lifestyle than we did, you know, the way, for example, Ritu or Amrita grew up, but you do end up kind of narrowing your own set of choices mm-hmm. just naturally, right? It's human yeah. nature, like, you look for people who kind of have a similar, you know, education level as you, or right. live in the same city as you, or, you know, have similar career field as you, or you tend to meet people in those arenas and things like that. So it's not like we're sitting here open to every conceivable option. We are kind of self-selecting as we right. as we go along. And, you know, even when you think about your, you know, you mentioned like online dating and Match.com and, you know, all this stuff, you're, you're, you are you're already like very physically checking off boxes of like, I want someone who lives like in this area, and yeah. at this age for this age, you know, who has this education level, this kind of background, whatever it is, you just have a slightly broader uh, set of parameters than necessarily you would you know at least in a traditional sense and you know in the indian uh, in the Indian customs right I mean I think it's it's relative, but I wouldn't say it's opposite
0: right and and yes, in every culture every culture has an expectation of procreation bonding family these are the basic units of any culture we do we come at it from different perspectives that's that is for sure and Mm -hmm. obviously uh and i guess the other element i would throw into what you're you're discussing in in that regard and that is the families at least it depicted in the film certainly have the best of interest they have the best interest at heart for their daughters so there's an extra layer, I guess, of and it can be good and not good. But there's an extra layer of sort of the screening process, which, of course, at the end of the day, we all take our our girlfriends, our boyfriends, whatever, to meet our families. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's just yeah, it's just a really interesting. Well, I'm going to get back to the film and the, the characters because in the film. Um, Rita, Ditti uh, and Ritu—they are all fascinating. The fact that you're able to catch up with them prior to them being engaged, you get to a back an insight into their lives, which really rounds out the film. It really gives it a, a resonance because you're invested in them. By the end of this journey that we take on, in the film, a, a, a suitable girl—we we feel a real affection, and it's hard not to. It, they're all in their own ways are very appealing personalities Uh, although I will say that uh, Dipti because of her sort of her journey I think I was more most emotionally invested in seeing how it was going to happen for her and uh, she's a very compelling character in the film meeting all of these women it must have you must have felt like you 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 had you had the people that you felt like were really going to make the film special
1: Yes, Deep Sea was wonderful that way. I mean, just as you said, the journey she goes through and just to see her struggle through that, to be told that, you know, she's not meeting somebody because she's overweight or, you know, just getting rejected by various uh, potential suitors. I think, you know, the audiences really do connect with her and, and she really, you know, she's such a sweet and uh dynamic Young woman, that you know, it's, it's, I don't want to give
0: away too much of no. what happens, but you really are moved by her story. Yeah. By what she goes through. Yeah. Well, the film it's, is a wonderful film. It's called A Suitable Girl. As I said, it won the Albert Mazel's Best Documentary Director Award at Tribeca, and very honored and privileged to have with us today. Uh, thank you for your time, uh, Sarita Kurana and Mitri uh, Mundra. Thank you so much for your time today here on Film School.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Mike. All right, take care. great talking
0: to you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.